Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. Recording. I am recording. 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 Happy anniversary, old Hollywood realness. (laughs) Happy anniversary to you. Welcome back, (laughs) y'all. Welcome back to old Hollywood realness. Two whole years. I know. This is the podcast that's dedicated to the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era. And we are so excited because this is our two-year anniversary. Even thought we would get the... Oh, yeah. Let's get that in first. Air horns. Uh, Doing more of a trumpet fanfare, but it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Air horn, trumpet fanfare. It's all good. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, Kathleen, how... What? Two years... How exciting I know. it was. I mean, it's pretty fucking exciting. I mean, I think, you know, it's really great because uh, I was just reflecting on the fact that, like, we talked about this for a while, mm-hmm. like a long time before we did That's it. True. And um, and then there were a couple of podcasts that really, in a sense, were like inspirations for us. We we're like, well, fuck, if they're doing it, we got to do it. Yeah. Screw that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and we've gotten some listeners and some feedback. Oh, my gosh. From people, people are, yeah. I mean, we're, Who knew it, people would start listening. It's just so fun. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we, we're bringing you a super duper exciting podcast podcast episode today i mean you've read the we've read the title of it you know what's happening it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be super duped i mean i can't even handle it it's so, it's so exciting plus I'm all, we're, we're bringing the big guns i'm on my second guns, cup of guys. cold brew it's all happening oh my gosh we are so caffeinated look how much we're talking over each other but, but this is gonna be a super exciting episode for everyone we hope you enjoy it we are joined mm-hmm. by uh leighton bowers who is the yes. um i mean she is like the grand dame of western costume archives and research yes. she's uh, she has this i'm so glad she that she has this... a dream job what we would consider a dream job exactly <laughs> um so she um is uh, this episode listening to it just i'm so glad this exists so i'm yes. i can't <laughs> wait for you guys to hear it and i hope that everyone enjoys it and i hope here's to two more years <laughs> yes and Big shout out to, to Leighton and Western Costume for just, um, you know, sharing your time and your amazing stories mm-hmm. that we could have just sat there and listened to for days. All and, days. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was what a wonderful experience. And yes, we can't thank you enough for helping to contribute to our two-year anniversary episode. Yes, and I hope that we get to have um, Leighton on as many times for as possible sure. afterward. I mean, uh, welcome back Regularly. <laughs> yes, please. Um, uh, in the meantime, just keep in touch with us over on social Social media, you know where to mm-hmm. find us. Uh, join the podcast group, the OHR Podcast Darlings, um, D A H L I N G S, and we will, and that way we can talk more about movies. Everybody can interact yes. with each other. It'd be awesome. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy the episode. Thank you. Uh, happy anniversary. <laughs>
All right, we're recording. Recording. Um, hi, Kathleen. How are you doing? Hi, Philip. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Um, so super excited today. Yes. We got a we got a guest in the studio because we're we're on location in Hollywood. So excited. <laughs> this is so cool. Um, we are joined by Leighton Bowers, who is joining us from Western Costume Company, and she <laughs> is the director of research and archives. Hi, Leighton. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you so much for joining us. This is actually really, really exciting. We have massive respect for Western costume, like yes. as as fans of costume and history of Hollywood and everything. So yeah. thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Absolutely. Um, if you wouldn't mind, would, could you just sort of describe what your job is and what your job, like what that actually is, research and archives of Western costume? Well, it's two parts. So the research part of it is Western costume has a research library that is available for costume designers and costumers and stylists and industry types to research for productions that they're working on. So the library covers anything relating to dress. Oh, wow. um, so it's, you know, uniforms, which includes like hotels and chefs, but also yeah. like police and military. Mm -hmm. um, we have old fashion magazines, life magazines, like cultural magazines, um, photography books. It's like truly anything that has a photo of somebody in clothes. We have we would like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the so what we do is um, I both run the library so people can come in and use it, but we also d get calls and do research like field requests oh, for wow. designers. Um, and then the archive part of it is, as you said, um, Western costume comes up a lot when you start looking <laughs> okay. into Hollywood history. Um, we worked on, I mean. It's hard for me to imagine a large period picture made during the studio era that we didn't have some hand in. Mm -hmm. wow. um, so what that means is that a lot of the costumes in our warehouse that, you know, in the rental warehouse, you'll find a name in it that says like Clark Gable and those come up to the archive and they don't rent and those are just held. We loan them for museum exhibits. Mm -hmm. um, and so I oversee that part of it as well. Wow. And we just finished creating a database of all of that. Oh, that's fantastic. Really exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> wow, yeah. Thank you. Um, a huge feat. Well, first, and also, we, of course, today we're gonna, we brought you on because we are talking about the epic movie Gone with the Wind, <laughs> yes. which is fantastic. And um, I know that West, you had, when in contact with you, you said that Western Costume had had a pretty big hand in that. And mm -hmm. what I would love to is because I don't know if, because we have a lot of listeners who may not be familiar with what Western Costume is. Do you have like sort of a brief history of Western costume? I do. Like in a nutshell. <laughs> um, so Western costume, it's over 100 years old. Um, we were founded by someone named L.L. Burns, who was a, kind of a, he was somebody just trying to make a dollar. This is in like <laughs> teens. Right. And I have found around like 1910 to 1915, at least five different companies he was involved in. Um, but all sort of relating to film and then also an Indian trading post um, that he took over. It was the Benham Indian trading post downtown in Los Angeles. And he bought it and um, changed it to Burns Indian trading post. But um, so that's one business and they're all gonna kind of come together. <laughs> the other one was he and a partner had a production space and like film lab. Mm -hmm. So they had made dressing rooms and like a little stage and had office space but in reality it was like a barn yeah um 
and it was in Hollywood, and they leased the space to DeMille when he made The Squaw Man oh. in uh, 1913. And um, so they shoot The Squaw Man there, which was the first feature-length film shot in what is now Hollywood. Oh, wow. Um, and after that was done, Lasky actually bought out the lease, and that little space became the beginning of Paramount. And so then when they moved wow. to where Paramount is now, they mm -hmm. actually, DeMille was very sentimental, and he moved the barn to the new Paramount lot. Uh -huh. And um, then they it was like office space. I think it became a gymnasium at one point. Is that the one that's the over Hollywood in Highlands? And it's, yes, yeah. and Heritage now they, they like the Hollywood Heritage, they like preserved it. It's the Hollywood History Museum yeah, across we went, from the Hollywood Bowl. That's so awesome. So that is the barn that L.L. Burns leased wow. to DeMille wow. for this movie. And uh, so what, where, where I'm going with this is that <laughs> he was really in at the very beginning of the industry in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, and because he had this Indian trading post, he um, had access to blankets and baskets and just Native American artifacts of all types that he would loan for film production because a lot of the films being made here as opposed to New York were Westerns. Oh, it would make sense. Um, yeah. And so he had this access and um, and stock. So he, he would loan them for authenticity for these films. And then that sort of became Western costume. Huh. Um, so the reason we're called Western costume is because it was for Western films. It's not oh. geographic. Okay. It's, it's because of that. That's um, like specialty sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, and almost immediately they were making stuff for theater performances and all kinds of projects, mm -hmm. not just Westerns, but that was kind of the, the earliest stuff they had. Um, and so, yeah, the research library I run has been around since the teens and, um, wow. and, and they, I mean, they are, one of the biggest in the world. <laughs> so they just been, so since then they just sort of like hit the ground running of making costumes for movies for pretty much every production that needed it. Yes. Oh, and, wow. um, and the way they did it was a lot of it was uh, make to rent. So the designer could come in and say, this is exactly what I want. Here's my sketch. Western would make it. And then after production, it came back into our stock. Oh yeah. And so that's how they grew their stock. So you, so, so like for instance, on gone with the wind, um, we did make a lot of things custom for this movie, but thousands of pieces were rented from existing from our existing stock. Right. Wow, that's so awesome! It's just I'm like I'm like <laughs> kind of like stunned. It's, it's so it's a amazing. Lot to yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's this is awesome. I love the history in that, and um, I know Kathleen, you were asking just quick, like we were talking previously, and you were just like, "How does one even get this?" Yeah, job? like, like how, <laughs> tell me a little about yourself. Like, how did you, how did you come I about got this job? Really lucky, because <laughs> it sounds uh, amazing, like a dream job. <laughs> yes, it is my dream job actually. Um, I was an assistant costume designer um, oh. before this. I sort of, when I was in high school, I pooled all of my interests and came up with costume design as the thing that sort of satisfied everything, mm -hmm. and. Um, so I was working as an assistant costume designer out here, and research is definitely my favorite oh, part yeah. of that job. Um, 
I was a history major in college. I've written a lot of papers nice. about Aww. like Elizabethan so cool. sumptuary laws and things wow. like that. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So I. Um, you guys need to get a drink after. Uh, I know, right? I know, this is so cool. I'm just like, how did this is exactly what I would love to do. So I, I just love that. Yeah, it's living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, what happened? It's actually funny, just because because I I kind of got in trouble because when I was I was PAing before I became an assistant mm. designer. And PAs are not technically supposed to research. And I was doing research for productions, and mm -hmm. someone from the Costume Designers Guild was walking the hallways at Western Costume Company, where our office was, and um, just checking in and, and making sure PAs were not doing union work. Mm -hmm. oh, and she right, yeah. came in to hand us a paper, and the designer I was working for said, oh, you know, it's okay, like she's just doing research. And they said, well, we actually considered that covered work. So. Um, so I got kind of scolded for doing this, <laughs> but then when this position was opening up, that person who had been patrolling the hallways, um, gave my name because she associated oh. me with somebody who did research. Awesome. Oh. And so I like, oh my gosh, it's like, I really feel like gift. I lucked out. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that you come from like a, co a costume background, but also like super history. Like you did. Yes. Um, that's so, oh man, that's so well, cool. Well, and because so much of that's the thing is like fashion history is so fascinating and interesting. Yes. And, um, yeah, I, I love all that stuff too. And, and it's, but it's really hard to get that as like a full-time job of, you know, being a, a fashion historian, whatever you'd want to call it. And um, yeah. even in my own research, like when I do see people do this, everybody has such a varied background. You know, mm -hmm. everybody comes from different education or it just, and it just kind of happens. It sort of morphs into a thing. And right. I just think that's great what you do. I do. And <laughs> it's like a, to, to study a, like fashion history and not have to write any papers is yeah. Yeah, truly so cool. the <laughs> best. Oh my God. And you're, so you must, cool. it's, so, it's so interesting because I want, I imagine that you guys are more in demand now because just because of the fascination with costume and fashion history has gone up. It's just kind of just growing even more and more that the, yeah. there's constantly exhibits opening or, you know, there's just more, the, the museums are wanting to get more involved in that. Well, I think. and mm -hmm. I think recognizing costume history. Mm -hmm. yes. When I started out here, I was helping as a research assistant on a couple of coffee table books about the history of Hollywood costume. Oh, wow. And it was so hard to find any information about costume design. Wow. And even if you could find an article about the design of a film, it didn't mention the designer's name. Oh, it was wow. so, such, so, to the point that like, I was saving every article I found on my computer because there were so few. Oh, and I, within like five years, it was like, you know, we had like DVD extras sort of became, that was where it really started that they were oh, like yeah. interview mm -hmm. the EPK stuff where they would interview the designer. And I feel like from once after DVDs kind of went away, we were like desperate for this information. Yeah. And then suddenly it, it's like an explosion. There are so many blogs dedicated to it yeah. and like yeah. resources online that have really brought attention to it. And designers have like Instagrams that people mm -hmm. follow. Comic-Con became huge yes and so All it really it's gotten so <laughs> much more attention that and and like more exhibits have been done about yeah. costume it's it's fascinating how much more interest there is in it's, it yeah it's like the hockey stick it's like you have a very slow and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like boom it just goes up really fast well, and just people like, are sharing information that's yeah. what's so great it's not like anyone's hoarding these you know like there's there's these great like people are mm -hmm. uploading interviews on youtube or little right. bits yeah. of old film they're finding and I think That's it's so wonderful. Rad. You know, I, we've talked about that too. We, we see these, we'll find these like old interviews with old actors or people who worked in the business and just hearing their stories are so good. Mm -hmm. you know, and so much, so awesome. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I would love to actually get, I know we could talk wax poetic about this all night, all day long, so cool. um, but I do want to talk about the actual movie itself. Um, so we're talking about Gone with the Wind. It's 1939. <laughs> it's um, it's a Selznick International picture, um, also in partnership with um, MGM. Uh, the main cast here we've got is, we've got Vivian Lee as Scarlett O'Hara. We've got uh, Clark Gable as Rhett Butler. We've got Hattie McDaniel as Mammy. Butterfly McQueen as Prissy. Leslie Howard is Ashley Wilkes. Olivia de Havilland is Melanie Hamilton. Uh, and Laura Hope's crew is Aunt Pity Pat. And Ona Munson as Belle Watley. There's many, many, many more people in this movie <laughs> that I could talk about. But I just wanted to highlight the main, the main players on this one. Um, the director of the movie was um, Victor Fleming after George... Was it George Cukor got fired? Mm-hmm. So um, Victor Fleming ended up taking over. And then the costume designer is Mr. Walter Plunkett, who is That's a fascinating right. character. We had talked about him when we did the Kiss Me Kate episode. Mm-hmm. Um, just that he was like a freelance... Um, designer he wasn't a studio designer which is kind of unheard of for that well not unheard of but for that time period but it was not as prevalent I mean studios generally had their main person and then mm-hmm. he and managed to be a costume designer without having you know a studio to work mm-hmm. and mostly did period I think exclusively did period movies I think most, some of it yeah. more than anything. I think yeah. he was known for periods more than anything because he did a lot. I know Kiss Me Kate was a, um, that was a contemporary, but it had a period True, bent to it. Yeah, and he, nice. yeah, and he did, um, did like that, the American in Paris, black and white scene in American mm-hmm. Paris. And so, so, I mean, he's got a, he's got a very theatrical and I think he was the go-to for, for mm-hmm. period for stuff. He got to, yeah. yeah, he got to sort of choose projects in yeah. a way that at a studio you didn't so awesome. There's. I was also reading in the um, one of the books that they he had. It was like the Gone with the Wind was a blessing and a curse for him a little bit because he was saying that Selznick was like it's the most expensive production and blah, all we like he's like we used all the money for the costumes and all this stuff and then it scared every produ- producer afterward that he was just like oh so you're gonna want to spend money on all of your so he he got labeled as like Tight the expensive casted. designer so yeah. it was a little bit of like a oopsie doodles. <laughs> but Selznick, I just kept reading story after story of and it's just, I feel like it's the same now, but of him just cheaping out like yes on paying people it was ridiculous oh, like wow. when they first brought in john fredericks who did the hats he the deal was like paying they would pay for his transportation he got a per diem and they pay they would reimburse for expenses up to a certain amount per hat but there was no money included for like paying him for his time oh, or like what? talent so he had to like kind of he would have to figure it out how well, to they do that submitted with a bill at the end that included that and they were like we're not paying this and oh, so it went God. back and forth it was crazy and then with walter plunkett they'd hired him for like pre-production for 15 weeks at, i think something like 600 a week mm-hmm. and then when they finally you know the production kept getting delayed and when they were finally going to start they were going to bring him on and Selznick didn't want to pay him after that 15 weeks, like at all. And oh he was like, look, designers are offering to pay us to do this film. <laughs> and wow. so Walter Plunkett, you know, said no. And then they realized like the other designers, they didn't like the sketches they'd submitted. And oh, so wow. they ended up hiring him again, but at a lower rate. Oh my God! Like, do you know how much money this movie made? I know Come it's on. like it's like the it's like the original. You, the exposure will be good for you. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like do it for exposure. I'm like, good lord, God. that's so funny. I oh should also God. put in a caveat too that like a lot of the stories about this movie, like I never know if they came from 
old fan magazines, oh. which cannot be trusted. No. Yes. So yes. if That's anything like, I'm saying, you like want to yeah. <laughs> debate, it, it is in, entirely possible that it's from like photo play. And yes. it's yes. like, but, here's a great story we made up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their original, like, tw- it's like the original basically like Instagram blog or something where yeah. it's just like, <laughs> yeah, everything's great. Look yeah. at my, look at my life. It's like, just don't pay attention to that pile of rubble next. That's just out of frame. Yeah. <laughs> It's so awesome. Um, So there's, God, there's just so much to talk about in this movie. And I think that we do have to talk about quickly that there, this is in the current climate today, that this movie is problematic. There's, there's a lot of feelings surrounding this movie. Um, This movie is very pro South. It's very pro, like it kind of paints the antebellum period as being like a beautiful, wonderful time period. And this, the civil war was, you know, kind of like it had, it had, it had a little bit like watching it recently. It was a little bit kind of apologetic. Well, it's not, it's not that it, it is a little apologetic. It's that like, this is one of the things that really helped perpetuate that. Yes. And like popularize that whole notion of like the lost cause and yeah. it's it's not that like it's a part of it it was like a leader in that oh totally <laughs> yeah. well and i think about like that romanticized southern mm-hmm. aesthetic that mm-hmm. like you know i i grew up in houston in the 80s and i think of like just everybody wanted like people doing dress-up parties that were antebellum and that gone with the wind and just even sort of like wasn't it patrick swayze who was in like a civil war oh the, 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 the north there, the, that was very north chic and, south, and i feel like, like it was that yeah. whole yeah like the north and we south made all and, those you know. costumes too oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know what i mean that like that like yeah. 80s meets 1860s yeah. and like i but i feel like a lot of that was that that like sort of on that high of gone with the wind and that mm-hmm. romanticizing yeah. of it and that just that aesthetic and people wanting to emulate that. And yeah. like, I'm a debutante you know? from North Carolina. So oh. yes. I, mean, we're all, I know yeah. what you're you talking it, about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I spent my teen, my tw- um, my preteens years and teen years in Virginia. So like, it's, yeah. it's very, it's like baked into the sauce there, which is interesting. Is. And like yeah. to think, and people, it's what people watching, yeah. And, like, um, you know, you know, this movie definitely has some, uh, just rewatching it because I hadn't revisited it in, in a few years. And I was just like, there's a lot of, there's interesting like scenes and like one-off lines where you're just like, okay, I see what, like, there's like, mm-hmm. you know, like Leslie is like, I would have freed them anyway, you know? And it like, yeah. And yes. sort of, well, and, and when he recalls the old days and it's talking mm-hmm. about, the lazy days at Glen Oaks and like and the laughter of the slaves it was like, like what uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah it was it is it is an interesting thing and like just listening and even there I was talking to Kathleen about there's that scene where it's like right when Scarlett's in the famous um, curtain dress and she's walking down the street and there's an, and with Mammy and there's the um, you know uh, there's like the the carpet baggers and they're like we're gonna give you 40 acres and a mule because you're voters now and you're gonna vote like your friends do and it's almost like painting the idea of the carpet bagger which was an opportunistic person as being like a lascivious, like he's going after these, you know, going after the, the black people. And like, it, it's just, it was like, it, it painted it very much like, I don't know. It just, there was a lot of that sort of, um, kind of revisionist history, yeah. I think is a good word well, for it. Yeah. And like, well, and 40 acres yeah. and a mule was not a policy that was done to get votes, but, yeah. right. but the idea of like Southerners, like 
seeing it as not a good thing you're doing as a reparation, right. but like you're only offering that because you want their votes. Right. Yeah. It was a very, really interesting yeah. twist on that. And yeah. um, I mean, in the character, Mammy is also a very hot topic. I think that people talk mm -hmm. about today, which we, we definitely have to talk about, but she's one of the most, I think she was one of the most compelling parts of the movie, which oh, I love absolutely. her more than anything. Yeah. Like my favorite line of the movie was when um, Scarlett is um, just when, um, when her first husband died, when Charles died, she's in more, and doesn't want to be there and her mother is like well you can go to Atlanta and hang out with Melanie she's like Melanie yeah and then of course she's just like you only want to be there because you know Mr. Ashley's going to be coming and I love the line like she's, she's like yeah I'm like waiting there like a spider I'm like oh my god I love her I'm I love like, her too yes. the, she delivered every single line with such amazing conviction yeah. and, um, and then when she's uh, the other line I was talking about she was um, after Bonnie dies and Melanie comes over and she's um, telling all the fights and stuff between um Scarlet and Rhett and she's like tell it in like the way she delivered I was on the plane like getting teary I just listening to her like the pain that she had in her voice I was yeah. like this is so oh it was so good oh my yeah. god my goodness it's it's it, that's the thing about the movie because I watched it on mm -hmm. Friday night before um, this past Friday and I found myself like uh, crying like a, like there were scenes that would like choke you up because they're so emotional mm -hmm. and then immediately after I'm like oh god and then that was so uncomfortable like yeah. it was like this emotional <laughs> no. roller coaster of being like oh wow like that was so amazing oh that made me really uncomfortable and you're like back and yeah. forth um, the whole thing. like when they have he has the like drunken fight with Scarlet and then takes uh, her yes. upstairs yeah, to rape her and then the next day she's like oh yeah yes. I love my husband I know and oh. I've read about that and like people have written about that whole thing of just like the, the, basically the rape fantasy mm -hmm. thing and this and yeah. and that um th these characters this like her character and then Red's character of being of, of that like you just want to just go out and take it and then she'll right. you know and, and, that's and like, I feel like that's been perpetuated with like romance novels and I don't know it just made me think of so much I've seen in like pop culture with like this is this is how it works yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th I, no. I think that we need to keep in mind with everybody who has who's taking this who's trying to take down this movie or something to remember this was 1939 like this was yeah. this is you know things weren't great you know like especially in the south in that time like you know Mammy wasn't or Hattie McDaniel was not allowed to go to the premiere in Atlanta because you know it was this, this segregated south and mm -hmm. you know and it's just it's to remember that they were do the I don't know. I'm sure that they probably, I don't know if they were doing this. It certainly wasn't trying to do like what birth of a nation did, where it was kind of like making the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the KKK, like kind of holding them up on a pedestal. But I think that they definitely did things that probably we wouldn't be doing today in movies. It's more of a yeah. whitewashing too. Like, yeah, the like, sympathetic it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like the loyal slaves mm -hmm. and, yeah. and like, look, we're so good to them. Yeah. Like, but, but we're so good and they love us. <laughs> yes. you know? Right. And so, um, I just, I did want to touch on that. So, I think that we've done I mean it's out there we don't you know, like you yeah know, we're not just like we know that there's issues with this movie so don't think that we're like yeah. you know we're kind of woke let's just <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best but even the book itself is written very mm -hmm. I mean the woman who wrote it is racist yes. <laughs> like, and well, she wrote but it here's the thing uh, she's fascinating too she because fascinating. she was like a tomboy like mm -hmm. she did not get an invitation to the junior league of atlanta because she was so rebellious uh -huh. wow. um during the her debutante season she riled everybody up too much and what it's supposed to happen is you get your invitation to the junior league at the end which is sort of like the the like invitation to society mm -hmm. and she was snubbed and um I also just learned she was like brutally beaten by her first husband. Wow, wow. He attempted to rape her and that there are like 
I think feminist critiques of the film have looked at where the like or of the book I guess Mm -hmm. where a lot of this comes from like the idea that like your alcoholic husband could be transformed by marriage and a child Mm -hmm. and that you could have this marital rape where afterwards you feel like you love your husband and it's revived your marriage as opposed to the reality where like she was in the hospital for weeks yeah and um so it's actually really fascinating looking at her it i don't know it it helped me kind of get a context for the film yeah. that made me appreciate her more as opposed to like judging her as right, this like yeah. uh, i mean she's obviously a product of, of where she grew up yeah, but exactly. like yeah but but kind of more nuanced than I ever realized. I, I I agree, and I'm I'm really glad. Like I before, because I had actually never watched the movie all the way through for those for these reasons. Because it was like I never really, and I also was never really into like the southern antebellum aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It always kind of made me very uncomfortable, and it just wasn't my thing, you know. But um, but when before I watched the movie, I did read some articles that were sort of just to kind of give that broke it down a bit more and like the feminist aspect around and about her itself and I found that very helpful to give some context Mm -hmm. around that and just because I know I was like well you know the the times but there is more to that like you said there is more nuance and more background to her and and where this all comes from and motivations around the story and Mm -hmm. and I think that whole thing what was also being visited sort of in that culture of like you know a man could be a complete asshole, but you, the women just sort of made do, you know, like you, you made, you always made them look good. This, your job as a, as this other woman mm-hmm. was to always make the man look good. Yeah. And it's just the way it was. Well, and to always be yeah. a lady, which yeah. I think yeah. is such lady, Scarlett's yes. way of doing everything mm-hmm. that like, it's all through flirtation and yep. manipulation. And, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, someone, I think I was listening to a podcast. Someone like really pointed out something that it kind of like switched my mind to talking about that. It was like, this was the, that was the woman's economy of that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah. is a woman relied on everything. <laughs> so. Her entire well-being was based on the man that was going to pay for it. So she did everything in her power to make sure that she wasn't going to lose that. And that's what she did with, that's what Scarlett did in this movie. It's like she, um, you know, she married, um, she married uh, Kennedy just so that she could get the uh, the uh, the money to pay for Tara. Like she was definitely she's like I only have this going for me, which is but my then she's looks, running the body. business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. then exactly. it turns yeah, then it turns on that, which That's is amazing. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. It is amazing. I mean, she, on like <laughs> new slave labor, yes. convict labor. <laughs> <True>. but, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, uh, which I don't. I, there's so much I didn't catch on that for um the, this new watching. I caught so much more nuances of stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I was just like, and also too, just like the fact that she was like constantly putting yourself in a position to be like the cuckolded woman like I was just like you are literally mm-hmm. putting yourself in a position like you know you don't have to do this like it's very easy to just be like I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna stay away from Ashley it's very easy to stay away <laughs> from Ashley you know it's like if you're in love with him but he has a wife don't don't live with his wife like, yeah. it's very simple <laughs> why, is she, why is she in love with Ashley that's, I, I think that's, that's the greatest mystery yes I honestly but, think it's the first I honestly think that she has she's one of the first personally I'm just like she's one of the first women who is in love with kind of like a lady boy or a feminine boy she finds that sort of like aspect of the that he is very effeminate he has like sort of like he's kind of like a like a wilting flower and he has like he's got thoughts and feelings you know which I think is sort of uh, usually in these movies and romance movies they're after the big burly strapping man and she's like one of the first 
characters you see where she's kind of in love with a sensitive soft man yeah and, it's, and didn't they grow up together and they, so I it might think, maybe it's like I'm a child but I think she crush. grew up with all these guys yeah, yeah. that's true it seemed but, it did seem even in the movie that she sort of like randomly picked him one day it was like yeah. this is who I love and it just went on forever yeah, yeah. So, and it's probably also like the first one she truly can't get like it's right. so easy yeah, it for her to too. steal any of these yeah. men but yeah. like she, she wants what she can't, can't have. And I yeah. think that was, I think that's too, because the Tarleton twins even says, they're like, well, you know, the, the you know, the Wilkes they always marry their cousins. So she knew she was that, which, I mean, uh, if you're going to marry someone, why not marry your cousin? Like, Keep it in the family. But oh I think God. that she kind of, I, I'm wondering if she knew that always. She always knew that he was off limits because she wasn't cousin so yeah. that they were that she's kind of like so she knew that it was she'd never get him so yeah. it was like the that sort of and she's one, more than one person says thought. to her like you can get anyone in town mm-hmm. why are you keep going after yeah. this person that's completely off limits it's the chase know, so. and then of course at the end of the film she finally has the opportunity to have him and she's like oh that I may then she's like nah I don't want him I want Rhett and you're just like girl yeah. get <laughs> you know, figure it out honey <laughs> like what are you doing um Oh, but he's so much to blame, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh if he, instead of kissing her, had said, like, no, I I love Melanie. Yeah, like, yeah. he literally he gave her just enough to keep her going. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to Chris Rock shake a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm in love with Melanie. Get it through your thick skull. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my god. And goodness. I really actually, I, I loved Melanie. I thought she was oh a great god, sympathetic character. Melanie. She just... You just keep She's feeling one for of the her only over and over. Yeah, characters. exactly. You just really feel for her, and I, 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 I really loved her. Just sort of unyielding um, trust in in um, Scarlet. Mm-hmm. She was always just like, "This is my friend. This is my fr-. like." And th- <laughs> I guess in this world, it's like that idea of just such a strong sisterhood. Yeah. Even, even when, like, it, and you could tell even even Scarlet. It's like I, I'm. She knows she's fooling her, but like she keeps, but she keeps around because I think that, I don't know, like. I think it's more than just the love of Ashley. You see her over the years just really bond mm-hmm. with Melanie and it gives her more of a soul. And and then in the end when she dies, she's absolutely devastated. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I love their story of their sort of friendship and how it's like deception. And then in the end, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I thought because it was so well it done. It seems so much like Melanie is like a deeply good person. Yeah. That like almost like can almost not conceive of yeah. other people not being yeah. good. Yeah. But, but then it does, you realize that it, is deeper than that. It that is, like yeah. there's an actual relationship. It's not naivete. It's mm-hmm. right. it's a deeper relationship. Yeah. Which I do. I and think, I feel like in the end that really affected Scarlett. I yeah. maybe that's why she didn't end up with Ashley. In a way, it's like the relationship wasn't about him. It was about what she had with Melanie mm-hmm. as a friendship. I so. can see that. Kind you of. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I'm trying yeah. to look for a shred of humanity mm-hmm. in this movie where otherwise <laughs> I'm like. Mm. Because yeah. you know what's so complete? It's so beautiful. It's the movie shot. is so beautiful. It's beautifully costumed. Mm-hmm. The lighting, uh, everything is so visually perfect. It's just absolutely oh my God. perfect. Just the but scenes. then the subject matter, you're like, oh, what? I know. I really want it to end after the third act, where like they get married, and then it's like, oh great, yeah. like okay, and bye. now happily ever after. Yes. And, and then you have it's it's like that fourth act is like, oh, this was clearly based on a book that is like one of those epic books that takes you through the rest of their life and like you're going to keep going Uh, and it it does come around in the end after Melanie dies but still you have to slog through a little bit that's Do. like why is this movie still it took me three days to watch this movie yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big it's one if you one. if you really like I it's know intense. in the modern age where you could pause and walk away you were you could there's yeah. definitely some times where you can but it's a I mean 
this movie is like the, this movie is the queen of all movies of walking into your pin spotlight like literally there's yes. like these scenes it's like all like cross lighting and stuff and there's like flash like you're walking through like a, a, a darkly lit scene and then all of a sudden you walk into a light and you're perfectly lit yeah. and I'm just like and like yes Vivian Lee yes <laughs> I'm like killing it um, I mean she looks amazing so good and, uh, and the costumes are yes I mean, we definitely okay so we have to start talking yeah. about the costumes which is fantastic <laughs> Like, and I'm so glad you're here because you brought so many notes and papers. <laughs> so many notes. So we're going to let you talk and talk and talk. Well, the reason that I picked this movie was that we have, I have now come across two documents in our library um, that relate to this film. So first of all, Western Costume provided, I think the original contract was for 3,500 Costumes. Oh my God! That was um, in, they knew geez. they needed that many in pre-production. Checking my number. <laughs> this paper out, but yeah, I think that's right. Um, Thirty-five hundred costumes, and they would get thirty-five thousand dollars. Wow. Um, and some they built a number of costumes, especially for some of the the like smaller principals. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do Belle, but we did like. Becky and some of like that tier, okay. her, uh, Scarlett's father. Okay. Oh, okay. But like her um, sisters. And, yes, yeah. the sisters. And then almost all the background stuff came mm-hmm. from us. Oh, well, like 3,500 costumes anyway. Wow. And what I found in the library was the first one I found was this document that it says, per Mr. Kurtz in the corner, 12938. Who's Mr. Kurtz? Do you Mr. Know? Kurtz <laughs> is Wilbur Kurtz. He was the Atlanta historian who, I think he might have been a friend of Margaret Mitchell's. Oh. But he was re- doing the research for the film. Oh, okay. And this document, is it's for the guests at the Twelve Oaks Barbecue. Oh, okay. I mean, like, the, oh, I found, yeah. first of all, I found this this paper in um, a folder that was like, America, 1950s. So uh, completely not in the right place. Huh. I was like going through our full filing cabinets and I was looking through it and it, and it just says per Mr. Kurtz, 200 guests at the 12 Oaks barbecue. And I'm like reading through it. It's like a breakdown of how many extras there are going to be in the barbecue wow. scene. But I am a really bad Southerner. I have seen this I, until this week had seen this movie one time, hey, like I, I as understand. a grown adult. Yeah. Um, and so 12 Oaks barbecue did not immediately set off bells. It was sort of like, Seems vaguely Wait, familiar. Is that yeah. is that gone with the wind? Like, um, and then I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> and so I, what I think it was, it was a photocopy of whatever the original was. But I think it, we probably have it because it was something given to Western. Like, here's what we need you to pull from your stock, yeah. because it's just descriptions of what like the cooks should be wearing, and then what the servants and like the women and. Um, it's quite funny. Oh, um, awesome. There are, it's also quite racist. I was oh, like no. going to do a blog post about it, <laughs> okay, and then I was like, uh, mm, nope, I'm oh, not going to well, post wow. this. Okay, but well, trigger warning. I've <laughs> selectively <laughs> marked some things, but um, it uh, it's just so specific is what I think is really cool. And there was, there was a tension in this film for the entire process of authenticity versus like the most beautiful. Mm. And Selznick yeah. just wanted it to be beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, Walter Plunkett, 
before he was like at his own expense flew to Atlanta, met with these like dowagers in society, met with Margaret Mitchell, snipped uh, these, these women would like let him, they had, you know, their heirlooms and their family. And he was able to snip the seam allowance from fabrics. So he would have actual pieces and then sent them to the, the mill that made the fabric for him. And, um, so he had done all this research that was very important to him. And, um, Selznick, just constantly fought with him and he wanted the soldiers to all look immaculate and so they would get you know Selznick and his memos they would get these memos of like why do the soldiers all look so schlubby and um, they were constantly having to defend themselves and their choices and the the trick usually was to say well in the book you know it says and he would go with that but if you just said well you know, in 1863, Selznick would be like, I don't care. We're telling a story, and I want it to be beautiful. Um, so anyway, so that there's your back of the, the, wow. the, the, the kind of that tension that's going. But these notes are so good. Like, um, this is about the servants. Um, would suggest that one of them impersonate the Twelve Oaks butler who directs the serving. He is dressed in the cast-off clothes of Colonel John Wilkes, the clothes being of the vintage of the 1850s. The trousers are of some gray or light color. Stripes, okay. (laughs) With straps under the instep. These trousers may be either skimpy or baggy, certainly not creased. His shirt, likewise, once adorned the bosom of John Wilkes, frills and all, and the ample expanse of cuffs should bridge the gap between the sleeves and knuckles. A final touch to this absurdly pompous creature would be the frost of years upon his head. Leave out whiskers. Wow. While he's writing his own, like, flowery novel himself. Oh my gosh, this is so yeah. cool. Is this is not what our notes look like when we give them to designers I now. Say, yeah. I, mean, yes. I have very much enjoyed reading them. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, like, so specific. And, like, who, you know, you have your extras. Like, what what characters should they be playing? Like, right. how many should be yeah. cooks? And, and how many should be servants? How many should be dealing with the children? Um, and... And the way that it's such flowery descriptions that I I I really enjoy it. Um, And then the other one I found, and this one I just found recently, was about the chain gang. Mm -hmm. And it seems like maybe originally you were gonna see more of them or more of the the company and it actually like working with the one you know because we see the scene where she like hires the the The, convicts, but um. Mm -hmm. We don't really see them again, and so yeah. I think it must have been planned that we would again because this is so detailed. Oh. And um, the other thing, I, the thing I thought was so interesting with this is that it's referencing the code of 1873 of like what prisoners would be wearing, but it also says, "I have talked to Mr. Eugene Mitchell, whose father owned a sawmill in Atlanta just after the war, and his recollection agrees with mine," because it reminded me that when this movie was made, they were as far from the Civil War as we currently are from World War II. So you could just talk to people who who were there, there, which is mind-blowing. Wow. So Um, you got like first-hand accounts. Right. And so like this is, he's talked to somebody whose father owned a sawmill. So how did it run? And and what what is so good, it it goes through all these things of how exactly it should be. Because I think there was a question of whether the, there would be barracks at mm-hmm. the mill for mm-hmm. them to sleep in or whether they would go back to the prison. Um, and so he explains how it should be and why. And then 
Of course, if the director of the picture wants to picture a great big establishment with a large number of convicts in chains and barracks with barred windows in which the convicts are confined, that is one question. But if the picture is to be historically true, it will be just as I have described it in the preceding portion of this letter. As Scarlet Sawmill was right on the outskirts of Atlanta, and with the law providing as it did for the confinement of convicts let out for labor in the counties, it would have been utter folly for the proprietor of a small establishment like this to have barracks at the sawmill when the jail was only two or three miles distant. It just did not happen that way in the case of Scarlet Sawmill. <laughs> like, I love it. As if she's this real person. Yeah. I love this. This just, is so fantastic. Like, yeah. I thought like, that was so good. It's like every character, every scene had like mm-hmm. a backstory. Every scene was like and thoroughly all that like research that went into it. Yeah. It's just fascinating. Well, but and really, it shows in the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what's yeah. so conflicting is like the subject matter is uncomfortable, but it is so the detail of like. Um, and those things of like seeing those tired soldiers coming home and people really like, I mean, there was a, a realness to mm-hmm. these certain scenes that emotionally moved you, you oh, know, yeah. to see people stricken by the war and these things. And, and they're, you know, visually it's absolutely amazing it and it, it, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, There so. definitely is like, there's, there's like a, it's the authenticity and just like, it feels, everything feels grounded in the mm-hmm. movie, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of movies from 30, you know, the thirties that just feel very like, you're just like, this was shot you can tell it's shot indoors it's on a set that mm-hmm. was built for it but this feels like it does have that feeling to it mm-hmm. at some points and it does have like this sort of like I mean the whole movie looks all like it was done by one production designer and stuff so it doesn't feel like there's indoors and outdoor sets or anything like that but it definitely feels like the sets were like you're just you're almost like how did they film this indoors it's so sweeping and so big (laughs) and there's just so much volume and lushness to everything Mm -hmm. that there's just like layers on layers on layers on layers and the fact that they went through and were like like doing like like there's extras but then there's also like featured extras where Mm -hmm. they're like you're saying like telling the stories behind these people and the intention Mm -hmm. of these extras is so amazing and everyone looked amazing like sometimes we'll watch movies and like the leads look good but then if you really kind of look at the extras you can tell their outfits are a little phoned in you know (laughs) coordinated or maybe like not exactly of the period you know but this is like no like everybody in every shot is on point and it's 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 beautiful it just yeah it Again, it just has the lushness of everything. Mm So what else do you have in your papers? <laughs> well, one of the other things that was that the reason I picked it is that I knew that we had provided so many pieces, but but another thing was that the costume supervisor on this movie used to work at Western Costume. He was actually he had my position in like the oh. late teens oh, wow. and twenties, um, and was the vice president of the company and like the purchasing manager. So huh. his name was Edward Lambert. Um, so he, you know, you find him in the Selznick memos a lot. Um, but I thought, and maybe that could be why this, they had this contract with Western. But um, I, I loved that his name popped up because there, there are, um, we see his name all the time in the library, and there's some oh. wonderful interviews with him in old movie magazines. Oh, fantastic! Oh, that's um, cool. But the yeah, we. This is a it's a big part of our story, and we have several pieces from it in our archive. Um, Any highlights? We have the um, the dress that Scarlett wears when she's attacked on the um, in the like oh in the bridge on the bridge the, on the bridge yeah, yeah. oh, oh wow. Um, wow yeah we have oh wait is that the um which which one is that that's the it's not the blue it's not the blue velvet because that's the one right before it's the 
it's like a soft blue gray with like black stripes or oh like yeah. a kind of a crazy yeah design and oh yeah okay that one is so beautiful it's pretty and actually has more yeah. play than i realized um mm. and there's also a continuity error i think oh. unless we're supposed to believe that they reused it that, that they showed scarlet wearing a dress on two different days which there's is a there's a shot of her wearing it and then it cuts to her in the in the store in the red talking to Melanie and then we go back to the scene where when she gets attacked and I was like yeah. I, I only noticed it because I was yeah. looking for the dress oh wow but, um, oh my god! oh and I noticed another fun little um there was a cut that they do at the beginning before the barbecue when she's getting dressed that um that iconic they, scene like come on like oh god <laughs> so good yeah but when Mammy flips her dress onto her it like comes down over her head and is like totally fitted onto her yeah. ready to go. And I was like, how did they do that? And I made my husband, I never notice cuts in film and like I, movie magic all works on me. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, but I do notice like, how did that dress fit right yeah. on her yes. so perfectly? Exactly. And so I made him rewind and he was like, oh, there's a cut right there. Like when she does the dress over her head, there's a cut. Oh. And so then it's just on like fitted yeah. and they did the dress back, the skirt of it up back over her. And oh, then started so the new like take, so it, it's just like all on her arms are in it. It's oh my it's gosh. So fastened. It's, yeah. it, it's very well done. But yeah. I was like, yeah. hey, hold on. I feel the same way until I watched Inglorious Bastards, and there was that like um, really tight shot on um, on her arms, and there was an invisible zipper, and I was like, they didn't have nylon zippers in World War II. <laughs> That's <laughs> just, the worst. When I was you just close like, up on yeah. that, and you're like, Ooh. I threw yeah. my popcorn at the screen and walked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw something, and like the lead actor had shoulder burn. Which is what we call close hang in the rental houses. Yes, oh. the, the the like left shoulder gets faded more oh, because, because it's, it's the less. side that's out that mm-hmm. the light hits, and so you'll have a stripe right along the top of the shoulder and the sleeve. Oh. <laughs> and you don't put those on lead actors. Oh, wow. You put that in the deep background. <laughs> there you go. See. <laughs> I never knew. I would never thought that. Yeah. Now I know. <laughs> Got to watch out for shoulder I didn't know burn. there was a word for sh- that, that. What yeah. that was because um, I well in high school I worked at a costume rental place in in Houston and um, and they had a lot of repros for the Gone with the Wind costumes. Which Naturally. when I watched, I was like, oh, because but they were huge rentals. Of and course, when we yeah. used to rent for the junior league in Houston, and they we had like a whole. It was just like a a, a runway full of of the antebellum gowns and the hoop skirts and everything. But but yeah, like I I remember that on that one side, and I didn't know I didn't know. There was a word for that. Yeah. So. There you go. But, so yeah, but just it. in general, like, yeah, if something's been hanging on a hanger too long and you get those weird peaks and nobody mm-hmm. steamed them out, you know, yeah. <laughs> little things like that make a big difference. And then you're like, yeah. great, that's all I can see. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think with the costumes in this film, I think that as I was mentioning that that tension between the authenticity and the beauty, I yeah. think that it's so it's a great example of like why it is important <laughs> that you have somebody who is fighting Absolutely. for the beauty. Mm. Because I know this is why I could really have never been a great costume designer is that I get too bogged down in the history oh, okay. and the research. And at a certain point, you have to put it away because mm-hmm. if I impart nothing more today, it is that the purpose of costumes is to tell a story. Mm-hmm. That is the primary goal. So I think I feel like a lot of times costumes get critiqued because they weren't perfectly authentic yes. or accurate. Yes. 
but that doesn't matter. You mean like yes. Outlander? Because I heard that. <laughs> well, you know, that's honestly but you're telling like, a story. That's, yes. our, that's like yeah. our kind of, like, I hate to say it, that's our brand. It's like, yeah. we are like, just like, just let's not forget that we are telling a story and it's like, authenticity is great, but there's other things going on. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, there's like, there was a tension between the costume designer and a director. Sometimes you lose out on authenticity just because mm-hmm. the director is in charge. And you, you know? should. Yeah. It's the other thing. Like, sometimes like, they are right. They might have a better sense of the picture that they're trying to mm-hmm. to make and um and so i i think that this movie really i think that's part of why it is so beautiful is that selznick is. did fight for that i'm sure it drove them all insane but i mean a lot of scarlets especially the bodices look very 30s yes mm-hmm. and they're all thank goodness up and, it's yeah. beautiful yeah, it's the beautiful. 30s are beautiful yeah. and, and, and it's like it, and, yeah. it's just gorgeous yeah. and um i mean it know. did create iconic look like an iconic look. Like she may not be historically accurate, but we all know who Mm -hmm. Scarlett O'Hara is. Her whole silhouette, her whole look. Mm -hmm. And people have tried to, she is like pure Southern fantasy. Yeah, she really is. And, And I feel like people have tried to, you know, men and women both tried to emulate that look of like I just I think of like every, I know, every high dollar costume party probably in the 70s and 80s was like red and scarlet you know oh, and that yeah. sort of thing it was just it was the thing to be and do and and sort of aspire to yeah, having mean, your own Tara I mean you immediately first thing you think of is the red dress the, the red velvet dress at Ashley's party that is like completely yes. wrong like there's no way but anybody would have really worn falls that falls apart after the war yeah, to the, the point that I'm does. like what Thank you. year yes. is it and yes. I basically have to do it based on Bonnie, like how mm. old yes. she is, because I truly the clothes do not help you figure out no, what yeah. year they it is. Feel, they definitely feel a bit more disjointed just in what what story they're even trying to tell. Yeah, toward the end, but yeah, mm-hmm. the first half, like the barbecue party dress. I mean, uh, and just and then the you, white dress at the, the very oh, beginning, that oh, red belt. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Oh, that tiered flounce one. one. Yeah, oh my it's God. so beautiful. Oh, and God. and like you said, with storytelling, she looks young and fresh, and just and that and kind of spoiled. Like it's you and the know, like scarlet red belt. It's yes. like it's just yeah. like this is who I am like yes. exactly and like you know immediately when she walks on stage and then with that jet black hair and oh just my everything my, is, just the know. opening scene of just like the two Tarleton twins like separating and it, it, it's <laughs> like on stage it's just like she's just like all she needed was a nice drag queen with the arm flourish yeah, where she's just like I'm here and you're just like oh my god it's like the perfect it's like just it's straight up Hollywood yeah Hollywood like you're just it's mm-hmm. that it's the only thing that this movie would would have been better is if she'd done the turnaround sort of thing you know where it's always like yeah. the back where they zoom into the yeah. back and then she turns around and looks directly down the barrel of the camera like that's but it was right. that sort of it was a different version she they used the, he used the Charles and twins as like curtains to like kind of reveal her mm-hmm. to it's like to the, it's the like, hat in Titanic oh yeah, yes, yeah it, it is it that. really <laughs> is yeah. oh, that is a yeah. good one too that's another good one what else oh, you got <laughs> the good it's like so true, though. yeah because I mean Joan Crawford was the she was the queen of the turning around and mm-hmm. delivering a line her first line but it would like the reveal of her so I love those well and I and that's the thing with Vivian Lee because she may be like little and dainty and all these but she also there's a craziness in her like mm-hmm. she's and we all know now if we've read anything yeah. about her but mm-hmm. she has she is that like tiny powerhouse of, of kind of like rage and like you know there's a lot in there and it's yeah. just and you can um she plays it um, there's a manicness even in sort of the look in her eye and some of the scenes and stuff and it works so well yeah. for her character because she's I always joke, I'm like, they could call this a tale of two sociopaths because really it is like both her and Red are like, they're not good people. It's a better way to describe it than like a great love story. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a terrible sociopaths. love story. Yeah. It is a terrible love story. I'm like, is this love? 
<laughs> exactly. But, but I think, and, and like you, you know, I, you know, I grew up in the South, and then, but then my mom and my parents were from California and loved old movies, but even my mom was like, you don't need to watch that. Like, so I never really grew up watching, because <laughs> yeah. um, she actually told me the other day, she went to go see the 25th uh, anniversary release of it here, I guess in like the late 60s, with, and like, she's like, yeah, my mom took me and my friend, and we were like 18, and I just remember me and my friend looked at each other and we were like, man, this is racist. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, we're just like, ugh. And even, but it was supposed to be this big, epic thing even and then. Let's to go not to forget appreciate. really sexist, too. Oh, oh, like, that's oh the, good lord. Like, yeah, I don't know which paper I would want to write first. No, yeah. exactly. Critique, like, oh, yeah. my. But even then, like, she's like, yeah, even then when they were doing the, this release, it's like, like it's this great, grand thing I'm supposed to respect. And she was like, I, didn't, I did not like it, you know? Yeah. And so it's interesting to hear that there are generations of people like, no, that's not really my thing. So. Well, and, but I think this viewing was where I was like, Oh, but it's also not a good love story. Like no. that was the thing is like I always in my head it's like you think you that, know yeah. it's 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 very problematic, but like but it's this you know this epic romance. Yeah, and well, I was it's like, sold as a love story. Oh, it's 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 really not a happy ending. It's <laughs> about like, it's really it's oh, about right. yeah it's about two people who think they love each other. Well, it's almost like it's like she loves his, some. Is she like it's like she wants him? He wants her. He wants her. Nobody wants the people they're with. It's like yeah. it's a whole. And then when and they you're are never with convinced together, that if she actually loved him, that he would want to stay anybody, with her. Yeah, and like yeah. and then even when Rhett and Scarlett were together, they hated each other. So it's just like what. He really should have just married the madam, I think. That, yeah. that seemed to be the person. Well, yeah. She would have made her happy, too. I know, right? Yeah. Exactly. I felt bad for, yeah. again, it, like, there's slut-shaming in here. There's just a lot going <laughs> oh, on yeah, where I'm that, just like, yeah. I'm like, excuse me, but I think never, she's kind of fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> never by Melanie. Oh, yeah. No, no. Never by Melanie. Melanie's a good woman. She's a good I, woman. But I thought that was actually really neat, though. I yeah. love that she was like, no, I'm not judging her. Like, I don't know. Like, like, again, those moments like that where, like, that would happen, you're like, oh. Melanie so is like amazing. stronger together. And then right after that, cut to a scene where you're like, "Oh my god, it's super uncomfortable. Little kids are fan- like little black kids are fanning the women. You know, just, oh, oh. you know, it's like back and forth." That, <laughs> that was a really that was. Oh. I mean, that was tough, but also I think it's funny. I'm just like, I want to go to a party where we take like, why don't they why make do parties where we can take a nap in the middle of a party? This genius. Sounds fabulous. It's like, hey guys, it's nap time. So, but it was funny because all the ladies go take naps. Meanwhile, the guys are downstairs drinking and smoking, and I'm like, so when I get it from the nap, are you guys just all loaded like how does this work yeah. then we go all night like aren't you gonna be tired i had so many where's the logistics behind I so many questions i don't know but they had fabulous underwear though with the little oh, leg um, i love uh, that yeah with the little like the, the bloomers and the the corsets it was yeah. like uh, which you don't see a lot in like a lot of period movies they don't always show you like from the mm-hmm. skin out like all yeah. the undergarments and stuff so um well i cool. watched this on ooh, i think amazon Oh, that it's on Prime I don't on Amazon. Pu- okay. It's yeah. Amazon Prime right okay, now. Okay, so yeah. watch it on Amazon. Yeah. Get it while you can. <laughs> I did that too. But it, if you like move your mouse, it gives you like oh, yeah. trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one of the pieces of trivia that we got said that that they had created all of the like everything was created from scratch. That they made all of the undergarments, even though they don't show, and it wouldn't have changed it if they didn't have them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, Amazon. Yeah. But do you know what a dress without its hoop would look like? Yeah. Yeah. Or without its petticoat? Yeah. And so I wanted to set the record straight. Whoever is doing the trivia for Amazon Prime, um, the underwear is very important Completely. to creating the proper silhouette. Um, Especially those. Yeah. And the silhouette yeah. is very important to telling the story of the film, even mm-hmm. that you go from this, like, it's truly like the widest possible skirt you can have with the, with the, like, cage crinolines and then as the war progresses it's like 
her skirts get smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller. There's it's like, just, then there's no petticoat. Yeah. She just deflates. <laughs> yeah. And it's like to see Scarlet, like the, like, I'll never go hungry again. Like, yeah. Like, She's like totally straight. Yeah. Well, not only that, but she her, goes from being like weakest. like a lily white cupcake to this dirty, deflated mm-hmm. red dress. You know? Yeah. But I thought it was such a weird thing to yeah. say. And like without the corset, like you would have that silhouette. Like she could get that 17 inch waist. Yeah, seriously. Or that any of those dresses wouldn't look really like those bodices would look so schlubby if you didn't have the right stuff I underneath. Mm-hmm. I even wonder that just with like, because uh, those hoops were so big and all the movement, like did they have to, you know, I've never because again, I don't, I don't, I've never really had to wear, or like worn the giant hoop skirts and then, but I just wonder how much they had to work on the blocking and the movement with those well, skirts they did, going um, up, like, because you had to get mm-hmm. I would assume you, Vivianie would have to get used to like running around and not being able to see your feet going up and down the stairs and yeah. all that um, it, it's such a foreign way to have to walk and move when you have all like <laughs> yes, you gotta like. You She's gotta an actor. Figure out your, um, you figure out your spatial, your yeah, spatial awareness. Out, where's my mark? Yeah. Um, but also too, <laughs> there was there. um, there was a note there was on the trivia from actually IMDb. They in the wedding scene, um, there's Bellany wasn't wearing a hoop skirt because of the aspect ratio. They couldn't have both of them oh. next to each other in that tight <laughs> shot. So you, oh, they had to have Melanie. So, so, uh, so um, Scarlett was wearing a full. Well, um, I want to say pan, pan, yeah. She, she's wearing full quinceanera. And, um, and they then, were, though, like, they were. And then, and then Melanie's wearing a dress with no hoop, and it's like, and you you actually see it because mm-hmm. it's not shot from the waist up, because, but because they couldn't, the, the, I guess the space restrictions couldn't allow for that to have them both in there. And I was just like, it's, I noticed it. I was like, oh, okay. She's like, that's yeah. A like, <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. You go, girl, I guess. They couldn't have just had a smaller, two smaller yeah. hoops. And, no. There was also a really great story where Selznick apparently wanted a shot of I I don't know when in the film but he wanted it to be a shot of the the like dresses with their crinolines like out like headless bodies just like out standing on their own Uh and Plunkett was like um that's not how hoop skirts work. Oh. <laughs> they collapse. They collapse. Otherwise, how do you think that they would sit down? <laughs> but it had. It, but it, Selznick had dreamed up this like he had this vision of a scene. And, uh, well, they could always have them maybe like hanging. Because I've yeah. seen them like right. old mercantiles with yeah. like pictures where they'd have them hanging in the stores. Yeah, but stuff. then again, it wouldn't hang like a circle because they'd be like off the wall. It would yeah. look so weird. Right. It's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. Oh goodness, man! What else do you research? I need to hear more. You have so many highlights. Oh, God, I do have so many highlights. Um, I want to make sure we get. Well, to all one of the them. things was that I, well, I feel like we should talk about the costumes some more. Yeah, that's what we're here for. My other thing is really yeah. about at the end, like stuff coming back to us. But um, do you have like, so many dresses to talk about? Yes, yeah. let's go for it. Let's. Go, I mean, um, we'll, we're non-linear here. Let's do yeah. whatever we want to do. <laughs> Stream of consciousness, yes. more like it. Um, well, um, why not? Like, what's okay? What's your favorite look from the movie? Yeah. Well, I think what is interesting is that it's actually the ones I think are the most remember well remembered are not my favorites. Oh, okay. I guess it's because they're the most dramatic, and yeah. obviously, mm. like the thing with the curtains, it's such a. I think it's so memorable as well because it's such a part of the story, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is always wonderful. But mm-hmm. um, I tr- I really think I like the first one the best. Oh, yeah. the it white, was interesting it's... watching it. She wears green a lot. Mm-hmm. And my husband was like, do you think that like all the green is because she's envious? It's supposed to be evoking that. And then later he would like, you know, the next day we're watching this movie and he's like, 
oh, she's Irish. Maybe it's because of oh, that. Yeah. yeah. And then I was reading something, and apparently in the book, she wears green all the time, and it's because it was Margaret Mitchell's favorite color. It has nothing to do. There's oh, no like there's no like great deeper message. <laughs> and oh so gosh. Plunkett like got permission from her to like have some more variety and she was like oh I hadn't even noticed that I put that much green oh. <laughs> that's so funny she's just yeah. like it's her so default we're like color looking for this deeper meaning yeah. wow well I love that projecting onto these <laughs> things so the white dress is your the white I love dress the white dress the and I, I think yeah. the other thing I love is just the the shape of the hoops that they got where like the fullness is toward the back and the way yes, they move the elliptical is ones. so yeah. beautiful it and is. I worked on a film that um we had like a reenactment scene and so we had and and a flashback and we had to build uh some hoops and a gown for them and we wanted that elliptical shape because it's so gorgeous mm -hmm. and yeah. it's really hard it is very hard and yeah. and hard to figure out like then we the dress we were doing had tiers of ruffles like the mm -hmm. one at the beginning and you can't just it's not like if it's a the dome you just it's all even, but mm -hmm. if yeah. you, as soon as you change that proportion, figuring out where yeah. that ruffle has to go is very hard. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, because you know, you're getting that taping placement just right it, for the elliptical, and if you don't, it, like, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't everything is crooked, and like, your ruffle yeah. is like this if yeah. the gathers weren't done properly. I mean, yeah, it's wow. amazing. That, I have you to say, like, job. even though like I'm not into like the that is, I I love I love history and co like you know we all have like certain time period silhouettes that we kind of gravitate to. Not so much with the antebellum age, <laughs> but I, I I love looking at um, the hoop skirts and they're existent in museums just because of the cage structure. Mm -hmm. There's so much variety in how they were put together or what they used or made, and and they're really great. Like I don't think you can build one without looking at one as a reference. Yeah. You can't just like oh I think I got this. I, yeah. I've, I've tried. And they I had a <laughs> Selznick's the shop that Lambert set up. They had an ironmonger. Who wow. made the wow. bustles and that's the, fantastic. the hoops. That's, yeah. For all our ironmongering need. needs. Yeah, I know. I just love that word so much. It's I was so like, great. I'll share that anecdote. But yeah, but I love it. Like, what, like looking at your like collapsible bustles and the collapsible uh -huh. skirts are just, it, it's the engineering that went behind it are just, it's really amazing. That's so you cool. know, and you have to really respect just the, the amount of effort that people yeah. did and dressing and all that. Did, do you have a favorite look, Kathleen? I hate to admit it. Well, I think I know this sounds weird, but I think this sort of the goth girl in me. I really love the red robe that she wears when she gets oh, taken yeah. up the stairs. I, uh, I did with the dressing gown, like I did God. with those big bell sleeves and the, collar. Yes. and the collar. I just I can't, and I know it's not like whatever accurate, but it, it just it tells the story. It look she looks so beautiful. Yeah, and it's like on a, that like vampire princess, and it's like <laughs> it's full, like medieval. Yeah. It's very yeah. medieval really looking, and yeah, it's also the setting of, yeah. too because you're on those giant staircases with a red carpet sort of like, and like it's, it's like the the woman of the house. Like yes. it's it's just her like this really regal dressing robe and the the color of the the richness of the fabric just looks so beautiful on film mm -hmm. so I guess it's a very sad. intense scene and everything's yes. red it's a problematic and it's very, scene but yeah. she looks amazing so she and she's got her hair is really oh. long and just beautiful so which I didn't realize her hair was ever that long in the movie I was like whoa she's almost like get your extensions yeah. on girl <laughs> and, I, and I can't help but wonder if it was maybe a slight influence for Ego for Bram Stoker's Dracula oh, because good. there's definitely yes. that, so that there. vibe like, like that for some reason that like I've I remember I don't know it just I see that connection and Ego is like I see this and I raise yes. you <laughs> <laughs> oh did she ever yeah. oh my god oh my god good lord oh my god um yeah so I guess that's mine oh, I'll nice. make it out of Oregon <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah 
<laughs> I'll raise you. <laughs> um, let me let's see. What is my favorite look? Thanks for asking, Kathleen. <laughs> what is your um, favorite look, <laughs> um, I know you probably have a few. I have several, <laughs> but one. I think one of my favorites was the. Um, it's the one they're out like pushing Bonnie in the um, in the carriage with the horse attached to it, and she's wearing mm-hmm. like the black and white vertical stripe, and yes. it's got these big black and white like. Um, fan pleated sleeves that are all like pleated so that the white um, like they're pleated yep. in such a way that it like the, the stripes are perfectly placed and everything yeah. and you're just like oh my god it's that's one of my favorite looks because it's just so like interestingly yeah. done and they got into and, those bigger fan sleeves mm-hmm. in like the later part of the yeah. movie like, which I don't know if that's accurate to that's have when it really sleeves. starts to go yeah. into the 30s yeah, yeah. Exactly. where he's just like where Paul Walter like Parker was like fuck it yeah. <laughs> like let's but do that, it up the, it was interesting because that's always been one of my favorites because I know the still the beautiful mm-hmm. like production still of her like with Rhett and it's from the side and her arm is like this and so and the, the sleeve is like mm-hmm. that yes. and yeah. I didn't really remember what the front of it looked like and I was very disappointed by the front oh. <laughs> it see, was like, kind of just... like Oh, okay. No, she blinded me by the sleeves. I'm like, all I see is sleeves and I'm living for it. (laughs) Yeah. They're incredible. Uh, I also love the dress that is like, or it's it's like a, like a burgundy skirt I think it's a burgundy taffeta skirt and then the blouse is just like like rows of ruched. yes yes that so one when it's strips. when uh, Leslie yeah. oh Leslie when um, El, Mel, um Ashley is going back to the war he's yes. on the furlough and, and she's it's got all the yeah. little ribbons binding mm-hmm. it down oh, yeah she's yeah. got little yeah. cap she says sleeves. she'll go with him to the station or yeah. Yes. yeah that's a beautiful gown it's I, so pretty yeah, yeah. it's also so simple pretty and, 30s bodice but yeah but it's pretty though it's I'm like, so pretty I wanna I'm like I could wear that on a Sunday Grocery store Wednesday, <laughs> Sunday, Wednesday, every day. Oh my goodness! So, was there any other gowns that are uh, any other key pieces that um, Western was involved with that you can mm. bring us up to so give us some backstage information on some BTS? <laughs> Let me see. Um, there was like I know there was some stuff with Clark Gable. They didn't think his suits fit well, and he got angry and wanted his tailor to make stuff which the, his tailor did but oh. it somehow got reported that he didn't and that was a kerfuffle mm. oh another funny thing I read was about um, so in addition to the like designers trying to fight for what they're doing and Selznick trying to I mean you know somewhere the director has to have an opinion right yeah. Naturally. <laughs> um, but I know it was part of this the issue was that um, like um, Fleming or Cooker uh, early on would approve something and then Selznick would see it and get annoyed and want to change it. And it's like, okay, who has final approval here? Right. Like, to what extent can we go with what the director says? And so they sorted that out. But apparently the other person involved was if you were shooting in Technicolor, you got the the wife of the inventor of Technicolor also worked on your production. And there started to be problems where she was maybe mixing up her personal opinion with what needed to be done for the Technicolor to work correctly. And so there were, there were a bunch of memos about that too, where, um, and, and Selznick was on the side of the designers on that one where it was like, uh, like we're going to have to do some compromising because otherwise, why did I hire designers? <laughs> wow. <laughs> like that's how controlling this person is trying oh to be. She sounds we like need a to know ca- more about this. Crazy yeah. Lady. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> she sounds like an ego and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So this, I'm, I'm stealing there. People have written like master's thesis oh, oh, yes. on this, which yes. I am yeah. heavily pulling from. Okay. Sure. Um, but 
but this says that Western Costume constructed a full or partial wardrobe for Bonnie Butler, Aunt Pity, India, Sue Ellen, Karine O'Hara. Karine, is that her name? I, I don't remember hearing that name. Yeah. But she might have been I one know of they say it, so yeah, I feel like I'm mispronouncing it. We never hear yeah. called. Ashley. And this is Anne Rutherford's character, so she is, she's Ashley's, our Scarlet's sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, I guess it's Karine. Mm. Um, Ashley, Frank Kennedy, Dr. Mead, and Gerald O'Hara. Oh, nice. Um, and we have, okay, at the end, a certain number were supposed to come back to our stock, even ones we didn't make. And we, I assume, got all of those, but <laughs> we now only have very few left. Oh. Um, and it, at the point when this paper was written, which I should really give the name of because I did really steal from it. Um, <laughs> let me see who wrote this. <laughs> This is by Cynthia George in 1984. Oh, wow. For the University of Texas at Austin. Oh, yeah. Thank you to her. Don't they house a lot of their uh, costumes Yeah, the Harry Ransom Center has, they have a lot of production materials and costumes. Wow. um, So this would have been, if I had gone there, this is the paper I would have written too, (laughs) to have access to those special collections. Yeah. Um, But Western got, to like have all these things back. And we now have, okay, we have like five of Clark Gable's collars. So, you know, detachable collars. We have just like the collars and they have Selznick labels. And our Scarlet dress does not, but is clearly the one she wears. And what's interesting with that is it has a little cape and she doesn't wear it with the cape, but we recently, as I said, have overhauled our archive and inventoried everything. And um, we had a couple people work on it, but Erin Fabian finished the pro- process and she, in entering everything in, found um, another film where somebody wears the dress and oh. it's in old California. And oh, wow. that actress wears it with the cape. It came out in oh like 42. God. So it's just a couple huh. years later. So I think they made this, this as a three piece yeah. ensemble and Gone with the Wind, they just didn't use, end up using the cape. Well, that's so uh, great, because then you use it in another movie with the cape, and you don't even know it's from Gone with the Wind. It's like a totally wow. new dress. <laughs> yeah, so those are always really fun. I love fun. it. So oh. now in our system, it, it has that as well. We have both pictures. Um, so cool. But um, wow. we have, the other really exciting one is we have this burgundy tailcoat that has Oscar Polk's name. He played Pork. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah, yeah. We, she, you know, it has Oscar Polk's name, so we knew he wore it, and she was like, please be from Gone with the Wind, and couldn't find it. And then she'd gone back to, oh, I know, we have a we have a blanket that was labeled as being from Gone with the Wind when I started, but we can't find it in the movie, so she was just oh. re-watching it, trying to find it, and she was like, oh my gosh, here's, here's like, Pork is wearing that coat, it is from Gone with the Wind. Oh. So we had, like, so we had, cool. we had kept it in the archive, but it wasn't hanging with Gone with the Wind, and yeah. it's actually his livery. So he's oh. wearing, he wears it in two right. scenes, it's like, when he's out with, when Bonnie is riding the horse, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. when they're first training, he's out there and has it on, and then uh, there's a shot later in the house that he gets kind of shoved. And, oh like, yeah, though, I was gonna ask, quick, it's like yeah. a quick shot. And he's like, but, excuse me, Mr. Butler, or Captain Butler, like, I do remember that mm-hmm. scene, wow. And so he's wearing it there. 
So that was really exciting that, that, that so we also fun. have that one. Uh, and um, you just and then, the day just imagine someone running down the hallway with like a piece yeah. of paper being like, it's you guys. <laughs> and and I, this is not related to Gonathan, but was an exciting thing I found recently. We had a spring sale. And we were selling dress forms um, from our, we have like a container full and a lot of them have actresses names. So uh-huh. we were going through like some of them we're keeping for the archive and then some it's like not famous enough. You can yeah. go to the sale. Yeah. Yeah. But with dress forms, they take them and then they they pad them out and mm-hmm. then make a new cover and then it gets padded again and a new cover. So we wanted to make sure we there wasn't like, you know, somebody hiding underneath yeah. that was really important. And, you know, you don't want, like, Judy Garland under all this padding and you sell it, like, so we were, like, stripping the layers off. And um, one of them was, like, a 60-inch waist and and had been padded up that much. And at the bottom was this, like, little skinny, you know, actress, (laughs) like Vera Ellen or somebody. (gasps) Oh, Oh my God. God. She's super skinny. Yeah, (laughs) but it had been, like, that's how much padding was on it. Oh, my God. So you really got to, like, just dig down. Oh, my God. You'd probably look at it and just be like, oh. She's so small. This was tiny. So I get, I, I was like, uh, there were like three of us doing this, and then two of them got pulled away, and so I'm tearing one apart, and I get to the bottom, and it was Audrey Hepburn. Oh my god! And we have no other Audrey Hepburn in our collection. Wow! And so I was oh, like, yeah, that's... Oh my god, it's Audrey Hepburn! And I like, pl- and nobody was there to experience yeah, like, it with me, and I like truly, I was like, like trying to just like find anybody, so I could be like, I just the FedEx guy Hepburn. comes oh, in, she's like, Audrey Hepburn! Oh my god! <laughs> it was like. Oh, how exciting. That's fantastic. So so that was how, like, finding something from Gone with the Wind was just like, it's like very yeah. treasure. I mean, yeah. You're, wow. God. You're like, oh. and like you say this all the time. You're like our Indiana Jones. You're like, like Indiana Jones of costumes. Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I Aaron really like got to experience that a lot. She um, she identified like three thousand pieces in our arc, like wow. what films they were from because our labels have names but they yeah. don't right have production. the production. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So she was like just like watching films and hoping she would spot them. Yeah. Um, like, so this belongs to me. You know, and a lot of times it'll be like, oh. It's Jimmy Stewart, and then you find out it's from like a movie you've never heard yeah. of, wow. and it, or it's like a like a TV thing he like yeah. North and South or like something he right. did yeah. like <laughs> really late and like oh so it when it, when you actually find out it is from the big film is. That's the greatest. so amazing. I had oh. um, I had a, I had the opportunity. Everyone take a drink because I had an opportunity to go to the Bob Mackie um, <laughs> co- costume house, which is amazing. And I Bob Mackie's idol. I'm, I'm obsessing about Bob Mackie. Like he's like, you have to. We always I mean, circle back. To we always yeah. So every episode I had to mention at least 15 times. Um, but so I had I had befriended the guy who was running their rental collection, and so we I went over the two of us, and he had like his computer, and behind it was a big giant feathered headdress, and I was like. Isn't that the Linda Carter headdress she wore in the in the special where she was doing like the kiss number? And he's like, probably there's shit all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like over here. He like pull opens two things. He's like Dolly Parton's name's in that one. I was just like, how are you so cavalier about this? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, we also found Dolly Parton's dress form. Uh, <laughs> Somebody had just told us a story about how they used to have a Dolly Parton dress form in there that had its own cover and her name wasn't on it because they all have the name like written across the chest Mm -hmm. and her name wasn't on hers and it had a special cover and we you know and like you hear all these stories about Western and like so many of them are not true yeah and so then we're out in this container looking through the dress forms and and I'm pulling a muslin cover off of a dress form and 
and look and I was like oh that's Dolly Parton <laughs> <laughs> unmistakably you're like a bone <laughs> yeah like, there's no one else it could be wow. and there was just like a D on the back oh my gosh I love that she's I was like the story was that just is, so I love cool it. I love that that's so Mae Westian of her too I know, be like don't put my name on it <laughs> I mean it's just like who else would it be like yeah. I mean you I look mean, at those right? measurements you're like okay yeah, yeah. Ooh, speaking of Mae West do you have any have you guys ever because I think she owned a lot of her or she, kept a lot of her I, stuff but we have or just one. supposedly <laughs> a couple of pieces from when she was like the movies from the 70s oh, oh like sextet yes. or something yeah. but or... we can't find them in the movie and oh. so the one of the things with this archive is that i didn't get any information from my predecessor oh. and so there are things that were labeled one way that we, like one was from the music man like Robert Preston from the music man oh, wow. but like it's definitely not what he wears in the music man huh. yeah. and so we're like do they know something we don't know like was it made for the movie and Never not used yeah. or like yeah. so we're it's like always a thing that we have to deal with mm -hmm. and um, the Mae Wests are one of those right now that mm. they don't have an original label with her name mm -hmm. but they were marked that way and so we're like who knows like, yeah. I wonder if it's why, from her Vegas yeah. years too. Maybe it yeah, was a stage. Yeah. So we do have wow. them. Like they're huh. still with the archive, but we are actively trying to figure out what they're from. Wow. Yeah. That's um, and we have a dress form of with her name that I think <sighs> is also from the seventies. So cool. Um, and speaking of one of the things that we can't figure out is this blanket that was with Gone with the Wind, like mm -hmm. I was saying, and um, maybe I'll put it on. Instagram and you guys can like yeah maybe we can get people maybe we to can check it out and somebody it. can yeah. like yeah we can crowdsource this and you can all watch Gone with the Wind <laughs> yeah. tell me where it is it's it was supposedly Melanie's I yeah. looked we've all looked now and cannot figure it out but it's like you I don't want to put it in stock if it's from no, Gone with the Wind yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly yeah and I know when I was going back through reading these papers there were they were talking about dresses that I was like I don't remember that dress so I'd go back and I was like oh I didn't even notice it so it's like that blanket could just be like I just missed uh, it it was yeah. quick you know I have no idea yeah it could be so, like in the background yeah. somewhere hanging on a yeah. thing that's so wow and we have a confederate jacket that's another piece mm -hmm. that we've cool. got from this film Oh. Um, and I watched the movie and I'm like, I bet that's in stock. I'm going to go down and look. <laughs> like, you go down there and you're like, oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not here. And yeah. there's so much to go through. We have eight miles of clothes. Oh, like, oh wow. my God. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Does, um, do any, do people ever like contact you guys? Like, like for instance, like I have, I own things that belong to so-and-so like Mae West or people, do, do people ever try to like donate things to you or? Oh, well that would be lovely. What we really get I are like a sell, million requests. Yeah. Like I bought this thing with a Western costume label can you tell me what it was worn in and oh like, no we don't have <laughs> they threw away all our records so i can't oh, no. but i get those yeah uh, contacts a lot um oh. and because i mean it's a hundred year old company a lot yeah. of stuff's been yeah. stolen a lot of stuff's been sold yeah. a lot of like they used to have a store in the building that they would sell stuff wow. from stock. So, so much stuff is out there with our labels and it's impossible to know how somebody got it. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, and you know, somebody will write and then the next day you see it on eBay and it's like, well, I'm not doing the research for you to sell it on eBay. Oh yeah. But you also oh, don't want to turn people down when it's like, like my father had this piece and like, I'm just wondering, you know, I just wanted to be able to tell my kids the story and like, yeah. so <laughs> it's hard to have a policy of whether you help right. somebody or not, yeah. but yeah. we don't authenticate, um, and we because we and we get so many requests like that, but 
we'd love donations. I mean, that's yeah. lovely. Well, I, was, I was just wondering, because I know I, I watched somebody recently who I guess lives in L.A. and like kind of does his little YouTube tours. And he went and towards some some older man's house. And he I guess he was like uh, the former person of assistant of Mae West. And he has like, oh, I don't yeah. know, it's kind of like a hoarder house, but yeah. it's just head to toe with like all this Mae West. Like, I guess when she died, like he even has like her oh, furniture from the Ravenswood. He's got like her costumes still in bags and all this stuff from different, a lot more stuff she did in her later years. Right, but, yeah. but it's just, it, it's packed in his house. He's like, he wow. lives in this, like these memories of, of her and everything. Yeah. And I was, and I, that's why I was wondering, I'm like, well, if, you know, if somebody were to say like pass away or wanted to do that, like, I didn't yeah. know if maybe that ever, like you, you guys ever ended up inheriting the, this, the issue is that we're, we're not a not, we're a for-profit company. Mm. Right. And You're so not usually people like, like they can, yeah, they can like donate to the Academy and yeah. there's a tax write off or mm. something like that. So that's right. part of why we don't get that yeah. very often. Um, We've had, we have, I think, a couple yeah. people have sent stuff, but it, sometimes it's, it, you know, if there's no label, if we can't authenticate it, like, yeah, because it, sometimes it's like a personal overcoat of like whoever's, and it's right. like, I, how do I know this was their overcoat? And right. like, we don't have the space to yeah. like keep things that because we're a for-profit company, like right. these are technically all assets. Mm. But if it yeah. it doesn't have value. Yeah, is it going to help somebody Without, build another like, costume? That or, photo of the yeah. person wearing it, basically. Yeah. Right, like, yeah. That's, that's an, like, I wanted to ask you about the, um, you know, the costume stills that we don't really Oh, the um, wardrobe. The production, wardrobe yeah, the production. I, I know that, like, those are usually, can be helpful with authenticating things, especially stuff that aren't, like, maybe don't make it in the movie, but mm -hmm. you have those. But I know that those can, they were kind of thrown away at the time or never really, not really appreciated. Ooh, you guys, a, we have the 20th Century Fox wardrobe books with oh all of those gosh. photos. Wow. That's those part of like our archive favorite. that I didn't I even those. mention. Oh, wow. Um, They're so fascinating to look at. You know? They are amazing. And we have this unbelievable collection that Fox, the a former Fox archivist thought they had been thrown away. Wow. And a, a former intern at Western Costume was was getting a tour at Fox and he they have a lot of the negatives. We have mm -hmm. the books and the like mm -hmm. the prints. And she was like, Oh, Western Costume has the books and he was like, What? Wow. <laughs> so um we've got they're from like the basically the 40s to the 70s wow. and, oh, and uh, yeah it's really cool and That's and so some awesome. uh, i love like young frankenstein uh -huh. the yes. photos are in oh color gosh. oh wow it, which oh is my so god cool. that's, that's so cool yeah, yeah. So there, it really is like, like, yeah. like sometimes it's not like so costumes that got cut but yeah. like just seeing like you can authenticate it yeah. color, it's yeah. amazing well that's why and the sound of music has like swatches it's like because it has not just those photos but like the continuity notes yeah and like a little drawing of how her handkerchief is tied yeah and like little pieces of the fabric and see i, lo I love amazing. those wow. i love like looking at those and you just even looking at the actors because sometimes they're like posing in character sometimes they're just standing there and i like with all yeah. the notes it's like everything sort of the works in progress but but yeah like I, I feel like that's something that you know we see them as valuable now but maybe they were just sort of working things right. well, yeah, yeah. Just just working, away, working assets, you know, so, you know we like have, so many um, costumes yeah. a lot of like in the fabric shop they have found that they used to cut sketches and wrap trim, use them as boards to wrap trim around. Oh my god! But you'll like unwrap the trim, and it's like a half a costume sketch because oh. it was just oh like god. otherwise it's trash. So we'll just reuse yeah. the board. That's like, fan oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Um, so oh, and another thing was that well, I was going to say is that Walter Plunkett actually used to have like his atelier was in Western Costume Company. Wow. He oh went god. to high school with 
with two with these brothers who owned the company for a little while in the 30s and um Plunkett was like a childhood friend of theirs and so he worked it out to have a his, wow. because you know he was freelance mm. yeah so he didn't have an office at the studio right. he, he had this office at western where he would work out of wow so amazing so you do you guys have a dec- do you guys have a lot of stuff that he worked on uh, outside of um this movie like or i don't know how much we have but and and the other thing is that it wouldn't be like the main dress from Little Women. Oh, right. right yeah. it, sometimes it's like a shirt. It's a pair of pants. We mm-hmm. have a lot of pants with no jacket. Like, so I know we have other pieces, and I just couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Oh, okay. You know, that's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. just that must yeah. be. I mean, are there any like? Is there any lore about him just working there or anything like from the that's been passed down? I, the not ages that I've ever or, heard. Oh. Um, there is so much. I mean. There's so many stories about this company, and I'm constantly finding more. That's so it's cool. like in every so cool. Hollywood biography. Yeah, yeah I mean, they it, mention it. it. it like is. It's, Betty it's, Davis will talk about like going and getting her her like party costumes there, or yeah. like Hearst Castle called recently because they knew that when he used to throw parties, mm-hmm. uh, when Hearst used to throw parties at, at Hearst Castle, they would have they would get them from western yeah and yeah. i've now found two other sto- books like confirming that that sometimes he would have them go before they made the trip they would go to western and like put it on like, his tab oh wow. and sometimes they would have costumers from western like pull all the stuff for whatever theme it was yeah and then actually take trunks to Hearst Castle and there would be like the costume room where uh, you would arrive and then go oh get fit God. in your How do I get to costume? the I want to invite to that party. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh my God. Well, That's like I my... think they still do murder mysteries up at the Hearst Castle like if you live up there they what? do like these full like high costume like that 1930s murder mysteries. Yeah. It, it, it remi- <laughs> for some reason it always reminds me of those like there's I think in the one of the very first episodes of Murder She Wrote there's a costume party yes. and every, you go and you're just <laughs> yes, like everyone is dressed every, it's like a costume party in like Maine yeah. and Everyone is full Done. Hollywood dress, and I'm just it like, fit impeccably where like is this goddamn yeah. costume house? I got these from. I'm just like, I want to go to that party. Like she's full, like Angela Lansbury's full Glinda. Yeah. Like it's in a Glinda replica that looks astounding. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh Best. my god. They're, they're either Western or Elizabeth Courtney yeah. or like they probably just yeah. pulled them off. But I just love the idea of going to a costume party where it's like, don't worry, we got wardrobe covered. Just go into that room and just yeah. pick something out. Like that's. <laughs> That's a, that's been fantastic. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, we I don't want to keep you forever, and um, <laughs> but we could talk to you about we could talk a lot forever. Of this but I just is there? We need. Well, I want to make sure. Is there any other highlights you wanted to get to so that oh, we don't I forget? That, I think we've done it. We done, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for coming. This is yes. like yeah. the thank best. you so much. Um, Thanks for wonderful. having. Yes, um, it's, it's fun because I have all this like little facts about these very obscure things. Oh my so God. That's what we're all like usually at parties <laughs> where people are like kind of glazed over and I'm like, but guess what I learned today? Yes. No, it's no. probably the easiest icebreaker. You're like, did you know? It's the best. And they're like, who's Walter Plunkett? Yeah, I like, don't what's care. What's a Walter Plunkett? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's Trust what me, I said. That's like me talking to my coworkers. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like the other day I was just like, you know, I was, I was telling a friend and I was like, you know, it just makes me happy to know that Mariska Hargitay's mother was Jane Mansfield. And they're like, who's either of those people? Oh I'm God. like, I know. 
SVU and yeah. my and I was like, never yeah. mind. I was just like, and then I was like, and her husband was Mickey Hargitay, and he was a big hulking beast, and it was the fifties, and that wasn't a thing. And I was just like, <laughs> Mr. Universe. Yeah. Like we just like, come on, people, stay up. And like, yeah, catch up. Um, well, I just listened to your thing about cabaret and oh. <laughs> not, why is Liza Minnelli the Oscars? Like, oh, I know. Yes. I'm still not over that. <laughs> I know. I, that was the thing where you literally just like you just slam your head onto the desk. Yeah. <laughs> you just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just stay there for a few minutes, just <laughs> waiting for them to walk away. <laughs> um, uh, so yes, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate yes. it. Is there anything that you guys that you would like to promote as far as social? So, uh, Oh, yeah. Social media. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. Um, we have, it's Western Costume Company. Yes. And, oh, at Western Costume Company. Yes. And also, we have one that is slightly neglected right now, but also you can follow us at, at Western Costume Research. Oh, yes. great. Okay, I'm going to have to follow that immediately. Yes. Um, and I want to thank Amber for putting us into in, in yes. contact. Yes, I want to thank wonderful. Amber for everything she does. <laughs> <laughs> so, shout out to Amber. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thanks yes. everything. I, I don't, I'm just like, I'm like, for, they're going to have to replace yeah. this chair. I'm just saying because <laughs> it's just moisture. <laughs> so... <laughs> And then with that, <laughs> thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.